Hello and welcome to another episode of Sports Doc Sports. Today's an exciting day. I have uh, a new topic. Um, I'm going to bring you along on, uh, with, with a good friend of mine, uh, um, a partner, and uh, um, an excellent uh, physician slash surgeon, and also just an all-around great guy. So with that, we're going to talk about joint replacement for the knee today, and I think if you're younger, you're like, well, that doesn't really affect me, but you know, in the future it may. And uh, if you're an older athlete like myself, you're going to think, hey, I need to listen to this because not only it may be in my future, but someone in my family's. So first, uh, Dr. Tom, you want to introduce yourself? Yep, Dr. Tom Fox uh, from uh, Niceville, Florida, uh, practicing in Blue Water Bay. Specifically, wanted to talk about outpatient joint replacement, and sometimes that gets people's reaction like, what? Are you kidding me? But probably uh, over the last several years, uh, more specifically last two, but especially since COVID, we've been doing a lot of outpatient knee replacement surgeries. We can do this because we use uh, um, better pain management uh, with nerve blocks and local anesthesia. Uh, we do immediate uh, weight bearing. People are up walking an hour after the surgery and, and out the door two hours after surgery. Home uh, uh, pretty quickly with a home physical therapy program. And believe it or not, um, when patients Im- immediately weight bear, they d- do better with less pain. Let Go me just ahead. say, interrupt for a second. So as you know, we both work together in the hospitals, and um, I would see some of these patients as a, a, a consult. So th- most people were getting it done in the hospital, and they're there for days before. Right. So once COVID hit, people, actually all the elective surgeries were kind of put on hold for a bit. But some of the outpatient surgeries were soon returned versus doing anything inpatient because the hospitals were filled, as you know, with COVID patients. So the last thing you want to do is bring a, an elective surgery in there. So the movement was, hey, we could do this as an outpatient. Everything changed. And now it's basically revolutionized outp- outpatient joint replacement, particularly knee. Exactly. That's and hip as well, right? Yeah. yeah uh, those surgeries are now becoming outpatient procedures. And actually, you know, insurance companies and Medicare are kind of pushing that along too they actually are demanding that we do it that way to save money right so let's talk about so you do your surgery you send them home what's the initial plan initial plan we usually have them uh uh, with an appointment at an outpatient physical therapy center the very next day some with the knees they've had a a machine at home they have some exercises to do at home that night very commonly i'll call them that night of surgery and they're already walking around and watching TV and can't really believe it, but they're doing well. They almost 100%. Let me just say one thing as a testament to Tom is that he calls his patients the night after surgery, which you've been doing since I, I we started working together, which is you know amazing. Um, the patients love it. I mean, they feel comfortable. It's a sense of security. And if they have a problem, they're immediately getting the attention. So that's thank you for doing that. It's been a great thing for all the patients. So now they're, they're, they're home. They have their initial setup. So how long before they're, they're either going to do in-home therapy or outpatient therapy? I, I, since we do outpatient surgery, I really push them in to, to do outpatient therapy because getting in and out of the car is therapy. Right. Uh, however, some people kind of still want to stay at the house, so we arrange that as well. But I really push them to do the, the uh, outpatient because it's kind of a rapid recovery program. They get better faster. Right. So what, what do you uh, spell out to them for their expectations? Okay, knee replacement, now they're... How long before you tell them, okay, I think you'll be better? And obviously everyone's different, but what do you give them as their expectations of a healing? Usually about six weeks, but the, the recovery is uh, going to continue for about six months. So six weeks to six months, everybody's a little different. Some people do amazingly well. Some people struggle a little bit with some uh, residual pain and stiffness, but we can usually work through that. Right. So now they're, they're, they're pretty much 
we're going to speed along. They're pretty much healed, right? Uh, the wound's totally clean and healed, and their swelling has decreased, and they're up walking around. So now they want to get back to activity, right? This, the people who listen to this podcast are like, okay, I, I get through that, but now what can I do? So let's go, th- go through a couple of things as far as like, all right, they're back at, at their, their work, and now they want to start working out again. What do you tell them? Uh, really minimal restrictions. Um, I don't really want them running uh, unless somebody's chasing them. And, uh, Especially and, with a gun. That's right, right, right. Or, or, or wild animal. Um, uh, but they can return to bicycling, doubles tennis, uh, skiing, um, uh, bicycle, bicycle riding, uh, um, pretty much any activity that they were doing beforehand. What about treadmill? Uh, I don't have a problem with the treadmill. It's a little bit higher impact uh, than an elliptical. Uh, so... If they if they really enjoy that, it's fine. I'm fine with that. Right. So would you would that be the same for people who do like a partial knee replacement or versus a full knee replacement? Um, the same thing. Partial right. partial is going to recover a little quicker because a little bit less surgery, but uh, the, the same thing with restrictions. Right. Don't really want people running on them. Right. Okay. So now you let's talk about the age group, right? So you've actually in your experience because you've been doing this for how many years? Thirty. Yeah, thirty years. So per. Previously, pretty much all elderly people getting yeah. joint replacements, but now you're seeing more of a younger crowd? Well, more and more younger. Uh, probably, you know, it's almost always over 60 years of old age before in the past, but now it's creeping down towards, you know, in the 50s and sometimes in the 40s because of, you know, an early knee surgery in high school, a, a post-traumatic thing sometimes with uh, people with uh, inflammatory conditions, rheumatoid, things like that. But uh, post-traumatic arthritis is, is will lead you into that situation. Right, especially around us because we're on a military base, a lot of guys yeah. jumping out of planes, right? So yep, yep, yep. so let's go back. So um, let's say they're, they're back to their, doing their exercise program, they're playing tennis, they're, they're cycling again, and uh, they get a little bit of pain. They're well into their past surgery date, let's say a year or two, and they say, hey, I got a little bit extra pain, been working out a little bit harder, what do you, and they come see you, what do you tell them? So you just we'll, we'll we'll take an X-ray and make sure there's nothing wrong. And actually, that doesn't happen very much, just because these joints are actually they work really well. Uh, but sometimes it's uh, you know they've been overdoing it, um, uh, can develop uh, uh, some tendon problems or or, or you know, some inflammation. But uh, usually the, the usual ice rest elevation, uh, sometimes compression. But uh, you know sometimes uh, we have to make you know realistic expectations more realistic then but they're gotcha. way, really overdoing it right so you know we what increase maybe some swimming yeah. right so the non-impact stuff so uh, get, get back into the upper body and core strengthening let me ask you a question so um with these uh, people going back to being active and and uh driving in their cars and long distance and also we'll talk about some complications right so yeah. dvt you you see less of that now with this outpatient yeah, when people are up and at them, um, they have less problems because we're immediately weight-bearing. Uh, we just use aspirin for a couple of weeks after surgery. Uh, and then they, they, the, the, the DVT does still occur because just in the numbers, but it's less. And, so no, yeah. no, no blood clots, right? People are yeah. – that's when I say DVT means deep venous thrombosis, but that's really what we're talking about. That's probably – you know, that and an infection might be the main complications. But with the outpatient procedure, you're also seeing less infections, correct? Yeah, I think that uh, – Right, they're not in a hospital situation. Uh, less germs. We do we do the surgery pretty rapidly, so that cuts down their infection rate pretty uh, quite a bit too. Um, uh, the, you know, the outpatient centers are really more geared toward it, and um, uh, they're loving it. Right. Um, so my uh, people that I know and my uh, so my my compatriots of our older age who are athletes, right? The last thing they want to do is have surgery, right? So is there anything you can give them as far as um, 
What do you do before you have to go for surgery? Yeah, sometimes, you know, mostly we're going to use anti-inflammatory medication. We use a lot of glucosamine uh, for joint health. Uh, definitely uh, uh, um, home exercise program is bicycling is excellent for uh, knee health. Uh, keeps the quad strong. Um, low impact uh, exercise. Uh, sometimes we use visco supplementation. Right. There's, and there's some stem cells uh, studies being done out there now. There's, there's a lot of options before going to joint replacement. Right. So that's going to be another podcast, uh, people. We're going to talk about some of the injectables, and I think that's uh, going to lead uh, uh, to another podcast because it really is quite entailed. Yeah. Several different ones and different things, including stem cells. But so I appreciate your time. And uh, I think most people are, who are going to listen to this are going to realize that, yeah, it's a big step, but you always try to do the, the most you can to prevent the half surgery. But if you do need to have it, certainly don't want to put it off because as you put it off, what, you know, what do people go through? Well, they get more debilitated. They're not in the best shape for the surgery. I see it all the time. And they're just afraid of, afraid of it being afraid. And and uh, it gets in the way of them being in the best shape for surgery. We often have to send them for an extensive therapy program before they have it done. So, yeah, you, uh, you know, at least get checked out and, and get information. There's power in that, uh, especially something like this podcast. Excellent, Steve. Thank you. Right, and man. so we're going to do another one with you, obviously, because Tom does uh, all my cycling buddies with their clavicle fractures, right? Um, so he really brought it back. I mean, he, he was doing the clavicle uh, repair open repairs before anyone around here. I, th- I remember seeing all these guys going down. But with that being said, um, I appreciate your time, and uh, really, it's been a, uh, an honor being with you. And thank you. And again, everyone, just if you're gonna really contemplate any type of orthopedic surgery, particularly knee replacement, consider doing it as an outpatient because that's really the the wave of the future. No doubt. Okay. All right, everybody. Uh, be healthy. Stay sweet. Thanks. Cool.